This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And you know today, the joy of my heart is just spilling over. I cannot believe that God has given me this great privilege of podcasting. Oh, 17 years, we started our 17th year. I think there must be some war award out there in the podcast industry for the oldest podcaster, like that would be my age, and then for the longest podcaster, because I think I might win it. And you have been so faithful. Thank you. I have a number of emails that I'm going to respond to on air. I just haven't got to it. It's been a very busy fall, as you know. I'm looking forward to asking you, all of you, the listening audience, to make a contribution to the ministry of Modern Homemakers in joining us in Builders 87. And I'm going to talk about that just one time next week or maybe the following week and then for those of you who have been builders builders 87 for the last year and a half two years thank you from the bottom of our hearts look forward to the special things that i'm going to be sending you thank you for doing it for being a part of us and for making this work absolutely positively possible We've been reading the welcome prayer, and every time I read it aloud every day, and I'm reading it every day, another word, it's like a neon yellow light that pops up on the page, and it's the word I know the Spirit is impressing in my heart. So here I go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it is for my healing. I welcome all thoughts feelings, emotions, persons, and situations. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I am open to the love and presence of God and God's actions within. Amen. I'll tell you my word today. I don't always tell you, but conditions is my word today. Because in my personal life right now, there are a lot of conditions that are changing and evolving and rearranging. I'll let you know about that as it goes on. Well, we've been talking that this year, our general theme for podcast season 2019 and season 2020, which starts in the fall and ends in the spring, and we take our summertime for rest and restoration. And we've been talking about friendship. And we're going to continue to talk about friendship. Soon you will have one of the most hilarious of all the Girlfriends shows ever. And if you have not been listening to the Girlfriends, please do. These are two very bright, uh, culturally uh, relevant, godly girls. And I can call them girls because I'm easily 30 or 40 years older than they are 30. And so look for that show. But today I want to talk to you um, out of a book that I wrote with my friend Emily Barnes. And Emily is now also in heaven with Jesus and lots of our other friends. And the book was called Friends of the Heart, Growing Friendships That Last Forever. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this book as we go along. But today I want to go to a passage of scripture and three points that were extremely important to me in my relationship with friends. 
Ecclesiastes says, a faithful friend is a strong defense, and she hath found such a one, she has found a treasure. Choosing friends is a concept, but it's not a concept that a lot of us give thought to. We just think, oh, I went to school, and she was the room mother, and I was the room mother, and we had a lot in common that year, and we became friends. But there's no communion, there's no choice, there's often irritation or aggravation or anger. Now, one of the things the girlfriends are talking about is understanding who you are, how God made you, and what God wants to do to temper you. But I'm talking about getting into a friendship by happenstance. It's happened to all of us. Maybe you don't realize it. Some of them you get into by happenstance prove to be treasures. But I think if you are conscious of the fact that this is a choice, your choice, and that the most ideal situation is that it's both of your choices, you will work towards something that is relevant and deep and meaningful and lasting. I'm going to tell you about one of my life relationships. When David and I moved to Arizona 40 plus years ago, we were invited to someone's home for a party. Did you hear that? Why would we be invited to a party? We didn't, we didn't know the people who were throwing the party. We knew one person at the party. It turned out that that one person or that one couple was that were the guests of honor for the party. And when the host found out that we knew the guest of honor and that we were moving from Chicago to Arizona, and the guest of honor who encouraged us to move to Arizona were moving from Arizona back to Chicago. She just felt inspired to invite us. And I still look back on it and think, it was such an amazing gift to us. Like, I said to my husband, we we'd barely unpacked the boxes. And she said, would you like to come to a party? And I said to my husband, we're going to a party. He said, we don't know anybody to go to a party. <laughs> and that friendship became, that nugget became the investigative tool to decide whether we were going to be friends. This is a, the, the friend who, when I describe friends of the heart and friends that choose carefully, make a commitment and consistently care, this friendship is how we handled it. Now, there have been a number of other friendships that I've handled this way with other women, but you want to be engaged with someone who's willing to engage in this kind of conversation. Elizabeth always said, the fact that I'm a woman does not make me a different kind of a Christian, but the fact that I'm a Christian does make me a different kind of a woman. And I think when you go into a relationship with someone and you understand that it's a choice, and you take these three concepts, choose carefully, make a commitment, and consistently care, you will be acting out as a woman of Christ would act. I have a lot of auto mottos in my world, and if you don't have any auto mottos, you can go online and find all the auto mottos. They're really cheat sheets for me, because I have a hard time remembering deep philosophical things but sort small, pithy things that I remember and then I know the deep philosophical principles that go with it are much easier for me. And my auto motto for friendships is, you are who you hang out with. Shall I say that again? 
You are who you hang out with. And when you, Mama, are saying to your husband, I don't like that little girl who wants to be our daughter friend. I don't like those things that little boy is saying to our son. I don't like the fact that she's in the back seat whispering so that the driver, me, the mother, can't hear what they're talking about. I don't like that. What happens if you don't make a different choice? You become like that person. You are who you hang out with. And if you don't like that, you don't have to. If you don't believe it, you don't have to. But try to remember it because you're going to encounter it. It's a fact. I can look through my entire life and see now how I've been grown, stretched, or hurt by people I hang out with. My own friendships hurts have often been caused by my poor choosing, by my allowing someone who I did ministry with. She was a lovely, godly Christian woman. We did ministry and hard work together, and the principles for doing that work were enormously shared. But we didn't have a lot else in common. And she wanted to be my friend and I thought I should say yes, because how can you say no to someone who wants to be your friend? But I tell you, in a few years, there was trouble in River City. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Bad company corrupts good morals. Now, I'm not saying she corrupted me in any way, nor did I corrupt her. But I had a difficulty in that relationship, and it caused me to be a person of struggles during that time. I've moved 28 times in 30 years, not recently. But my questions as I went on was, am I not easy as a friend? Is my high energy, my intensity, my closet nerd kind of personality, are those the things that are difficult? Will she like me when she finds out who I am? Will she like me when she finds out that her I don't know how to do small talk. This friend who I've been left nameless, who invited me to her home for a party, her mother became my friend, and it was her mother who took me out for lunch one day and said, now, Don, I have something really important to teach you. It's called small talk. And I was, I like looked at her with this look of hesitation, and she said, listen, honey, you don't know how to do it. Trust me, and I'm going to show you how. <laughs> It was a great gift because I love to talk serious. I'm an extrovert, but I don't want to talk to just anybody. I want to talk to people who want to talk to me about serious things. And usually serious things have to do with principles and philosophies and theology. That's what I want to talk about. So she helped me understand that connecting with people, the way you start relationships, don't jump in, Donna, with both feet at the diving board level. Have coffee, send a note, send a text, invite for lunch, start easy. You know that old song, getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Oh, suddenly I feel light and breezy because new friendships have a way. My husband has always says, I am a first date waiting to happen. He's glad that I don't have any dates anymore, as in men. But I'm a first date waiting to happen because I love people. And when I first meet you, that's how I feel. Yeah, this is going to be great. Maybe I don't have a good judge of character. I don't think so. I think it's that I love people. But when I'm looking and engaging and God is leading me to a friendship, a long-lasting friendship, there has to be more to it than light and breezy. What are her beliefs? What does she think? 
Is she a follower of Christ? Do you have time to have a relationship? Is this a good time in your life to start a new friendship? Or is this a good time in your life? You have plenty of friends and plenty of activities. If you start a friendship, you may hurt someone's feelings. These are the kind of questions that you should be asking. Vincent van Gogh did a painting on, uh, called Boats on the Beach at Saint-Marais del Mar. He painted only for one month in this place, and he watched with keen interest the fishing boats, the fishermen, the relationships, and he titled one of the boats Friends. Why call a boat Friends? What did Van Gogh see? He saw in these fishermen mutual support with singleness of purpose. And I think if you're talking about deep friends that you're choosing carefully, they are people who have mutually support you, and they have a singleness of purpose of which you agree. This is a hallmark of a good relationship. The fishermen had different boats. They handled their notes differently, their nets differently. They started and stopped at different times, earlier or later. Yet in the end, they mutually supported one another on that beach. And I say, if your belief systems are possible, then a friendship is possible. Choose with God's purposes in mind, not chemistry or convenience. The young Daniel in the Old Testament was said to have made up his mind, and he did not waver. We are hosting a, a show with Holly Deluce and work on soul work. And she talks about doing soul work where you have made up your mind and you will not waver. Choices matter, and as you choose, don't confuse various kinds of friendship. Now, today I'm not going to go into this deeply, but somewhere in this next year, you're going to hear me talk about the difference between formal friends and informal friends. So look forward to that. So choose carefully. Make a commitment. Some thoughts on the components of intimacy are... Intimacy is marked by close acquaintance or familiarity, characterized by informality and privacy, very personal or private. A close friend is a confidant who you can give intimate information to and know you're not going to see it on Facebook or Instagram. Acceptance. Acceptance is extremely important in the friendship paradigm. When you're making a commitment, is this a person you accept as she is? You're not accepting her in hopes to change her, and certainly you're not accepting her into your life if she has a plethora of things that she wants to change you about. Humor is awfully good sense to have. I have a friend who's moved away now eight or nine years ago. We still get on the phone and cut up like you can't believe. We call them cheap shots, but we do it with each other. They're in the safeguard and depth of our relationship, which is very old relationship. Lighten up. Cut yourself some slack. Don't take life so seriously. And I can tell you from one who does that that's an important part of making a commitment. Be willing to make a sacrifice. Romans tells us, Paul, that we are to outdo one another with brotherly preference. Outdo. Have you ever stood in front of a door, three people are saying, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. Or they're paying the check at lunch, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. They're all trying to outdo one another. That's a lovely thing. It's a sacrifice. It's a willingness. And lastly, no, two more. 
perseverance. A friendship is going to last. It has to have some quality of perseverance. When you hear the girlfriends this year, they're going to be talking about friendship in all sorts of ways. And you're going to hear them talking about how they persevered in their relationship and how at the very nature of an intimate friendship, there must be forgiveness. Forgiveness must exist. We must offer forgiveness and we must receive forgiveness. We must offer forgiveness. We must receive forgiveness. So these ingredients are significantly important. Intimacy, acceptance, humor, sacrifice, perseverance, and forgiveness. These are significant ingredients. Does that mean they're perfect at them? No. Does it mean that they forgive all the time? No. Does it mean that they persevere and stay till the end of the party even though they want to go home? No. But it does mean that at the heart of this woman who you are engaging with, choosing to go deeper into your friendship with, you will discover these ingredients belong to her as they do to you. The last thing I want to say about that is how do these ingredients fit into your life? Are you the kind of person who is trustworthy enough to receive my intimate don't tell anyone news? Are you the person who will accept me as I am when I'm my worst and my best? Do you laugh it up occasionally? Do you laugh at yourself? Do you let me laugh at myself without trying to fix me? Do you sacrifice for me going out of your way to do something for me and doing it for me, not because it feels good to you? Have you ever done that? Oh, I think it would be good if I brought her a meal. She doesn't really want a meal. She wants you to come over and sit and hold her hand. And then, are you a persevering, forgiving woman? I pray that you are, and I pray that if you're not, you might acknowledge that this is a time in your life to consider boning up on these character traits as a way of life, that you might be friendship material, and you might choose carefully. We are Modern Homemakers, and I am Donna Otto, and it's been a delight to be with you today. I will finish this lesson the next time we're together, and I ask you to remember that the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of pursuing healthy friendships.